Good morning. Welcome to St. Paul's and a special welcome to all of our visitors who are worshiping with us today. This weekend we celebrated Veterans Day and throughout the week all kinds of dinners and celebrations and thanking those who have served in our armed forces. It's so important for those who serve in the military to be alert and vigilant. It means the difference between life and death for them and for others. If this morning as we turn to God's word he reminds each of us of the importance of keeping watch for his return. We'll hear more about that in our songs and our scripture lessons and our sermon today. We follow along with the order of service as it's printed out for you in your bulletin and projected on the screen, beginning with the Sunday School Anthem.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. God invites us to come into his presence and worship him with humble and penitent hearts. Therefore, let us acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity, but I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For all that we need in life, and for the wisdom to use all your gifts with gratitude and joy, hear our prayer, O Lord. For the steadfast assurance that nothing can separate us from your love, and for the courage to stand firm against the assaults of Satan and every evil, hear our prayer, O Christ. For the well-being of your holy church in all the world, and for those who offer here their worship and praise, hear our prayer, O Lord. Merciful God, maker and preserver of life, uphold us by your power and keep us in your tender care. The works of the Lord are great and glorious. His name is worthy of praise. Let us pray. Almighty God and Savior, you have set the final day and hour when we shall be delivered from this world of sin and death. Keep us ever watchful for the coming of your Son, that we may sit with him and all your holy ones at the marriage feast in heaven. Through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
during the time of Isaiah, God firmly told his people that you will be carried off into exile and captivity. Yet he also prophesied through Isaiah that they would be released and rescued from that captivity. And for you and me, who are here in exile in this fallen world, he says this also, wake, awake, be ready for my deliverance. A lesson from Isaiah chapter 52. Awake, awake, Zion. Clothe yourselves with strength. Put on your garments of splendor, Jerusalem, the holy city. The uncircumcised and defiled will not enter you again. Shake off your dust. Rise up. Sit enthroned, Jerusalem. Free yourself from the chains on your neck, daughter Zion, now a captive. For this is what the Lord says. You were sold for nothing, and without money you will be redeemed. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. At first, my people went down to Egypt to live. Lately, Assyria has oppressed them. And now, what do I have here, declares the Lord? For my people have been taken away for nothing, and those who rule them mock, declares the Lord. All day long, my name is constantly blasphemed. Therefore, my people will know my name. Therefore, in that day, they will know that it is I who foretold it. Yes, it is I. This is God's word. Continue with the anthem.
The second lesson from 1 Thessalonians 5 serves as the basis for our sermon. Now, brothers and sisters, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. This is God's word. Please stand for the hymn. In our gospel today from Matthew chapter 25, Jesus teaches us wisdom and watchfulness for that wonderful day when he returns. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. 
Be seated for our next hymn, 486. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, 
from the Lord Jesus Christ, your heavenly bridegroom, who is on his way. Amen. God's word we consider in the sermon today, second lesson from 1 Thessalonians 5. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. I don't know how they could have fallen asleep as it was anyway with riots against Christianity starting in their city, with believers being hauled off in front of the town magistrates and officials, with brothers and sisters in the Lord being accused of being enemies of the state. When these kinds of things are happening to you, you tend to keep one eye open at all times. The Christians in Thessalonica they suffered the same kinds of things as the Christians in Judea had suffered. Being hunted down because they followed the way, the Christ. Being beaten, imprisoned, ordered not to talk about Jesus. They were forced to blaspheme and then condemned to death and stoned. With that kind of persecution going on, makes it a little bit difficult to sleep. But they were weary and worn out and exhausted nonetheless, longing for the kind of rest that only comes to believers when their bridegroom returns on the day of the Lord. And so that's one reason why the day of the Lord is a special emphasis in this letter, 1 Thessalonians, just as it's a, a special emphasis for us at this time of the church year, Judgment Day, the day of the Lord, when Christ himself will return. Yet if the Thessalonian Christians needed Paul to sound the alarm and keep them alert uh, for the day of the Lord, how much more do we need that thousands of years later, with all the distractions going on in our lives and our, in our society that are lulling our faith to sleep? constantly trying to do that. So God says to you and me today, stay awake to escape, to guard, and together. Paul, when he was with the Thessalonian Christians, he had already talked to them about the day of the Lord. And he told them it would come like a thief in the night. A thief, by definition, comes secretly when people aren't expecting it. It's a surprise. So part of being ready and watchful for the day of the Lord is being prepared, looking out, day after day, hour after hour, constant vigilance. Yet even though the Lord says that this will be like a thief in the night, there are constantly false prophets trying to predict exactly when Judgment Day will happen. It's been almost 20 years now since a Christian radio personality prophesied that everyone who is saved will be snatched up out of this world on May 21st, 2011. And then according to that prediction, the next five months in this world will be full of plague and disaster until in October of 2011 will be the end of the world as we know it. Well, 
There were a lot of people who believed this prediction. Many people sold their houses, pooled their resources, so that this prediction, this date, could be broadcast all around the country and around the world. But May 21st, 2011 came and went, and none of that happened. Just as back in the 1990s when the same individual made a similar prophecy. Yet when these kinds of prophecies come around and people look to them, what they do is lull them into a false sense of security. When the day of the Lord is months or years away, then for right now I can do whatever I want and live however I please. Peace and security. That takes away from the whole thief in the night. That's how the day of the Lord will come. Be ready, vigilant, alert, constantly. Yet even if we're not looking to false prophecies about it, we get lulled to sleep in our faith nonetheless. Busy times in our life, just too busy for the Lord, we think. Maybe I'll deal with my relationship with God later, if I get around to it drowsy in our faith. Or we think, I guess I have been doing a little bit too much, overdoing it in my nightlife recently. I'll probably have to get a handle on that and control that sometime here. Or we've been acting like married people for a while here. Maybe someday we should get married. But we'll figure that out some other time. Anytime we put off repentance for any sin or defer our relationship with the Lord to a later time, we're getting drowsy, getting sleepy in our faith. Watch out, wake up. The day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Except it won't just take some cash from our house or a stash of electronics, it'll swindle us out of all the riches of the heavenly realms. We'll be homeless forever, empty of joy and happiness always. We're not prepared for that day, the day of the Lord. It'll be like birth pains coming on a pregnant mother. There's no turning back when that starts. It's all of a sudden. Yet birth pains would be preferable to the wrath, the destruction, the blazing fire that will begin on the day of the Lord and never end for those who were asleep when it came. Stay awake, because that's the only way that we'll escape. But also, be on guard. There's a huge difference between being vulnerable when it comes to a theft and secure. And there's all kinds of things that you can do to guard yourself and be proactive in that way. You can keep your car doors locked at night and valuables out of sight. When you go away on a trip, you can lock your home and your garage. Maybe have some motion sensor lights installed or some lights on a timer. Even some security cameras. Probably not a good idea to broadcast all over social media that you're not at home for an extended period of time. And have some neighbors or Arrange for some lawn care and the deliveries to be picked up while you're gone. Some simple things, but they can make a huge difference to guard yourself 
so that you're not a victim of theft. Well, God reminds us here the huge difference between those who are vulnerable and those who are secure when the day of the Lord comes like a thief in the night. It's going to be a night and day difference. He called the Thessalonian Christians children of the light and children of the day. Now that does not mean that they were born from a light beam or that they were born during daylight hours as opposed to at night. Being children of something in this sense really implies a close relationship. The Bible distinguishes between the darkness of sin and unbelief and ignorance with the light of Christ who is our wisdom and our life and our purity. The Thessalonian Christians belonged to Christ. They belonged to the light. They were children of the light. That happened when the gospel came to them and by the power and convicting work of the Holy Spirit brought them to faith. And that made all the difference in their lives. Rather than being glum in persecution, they were joyful. Rather than just acting like the world around them, they followed the example of the apostles who worked among them, like Paul. And they were model believers for everyone else throughout their region, sharing the message of Jesus with others and living in love toward all. That made all the difference that they were children of the light, that they were awake and watchful for the Lord's return. Now, when it comes to being asleep and being awake, Paul is not saying here that it's sinful for us to physically sleep at night. Jesus himself needed to take naps. Jesus himself slept. That's how God designed our bodies. And Paul is not saying here either uh, that drunkenness is the only or the leading sin of darkness. He's referring here to anything that makes us sluggish or tipsy in our faith like having beer goggles on toward the outdoors and sports and your career. So that those things look so much more beautiful to you always than your heavenly bridegroom, Christ. Or being intoxicated with indifference, stumbling through life, ah, I'm a pretty good person, I'm feeling okay, things will probably be okay. Or being wasted, from years of sipping away at your sin of choice, whether that's drunkenness or laziness or gossip or pride, thinking you're always better and you always know better than others. Being so fatigued from family members who are either unsupportive of your efforts to practice Christianity or actively opposed to it being worn out and ragged constantly from the division and the doubt that the devil dumps on you week after week. It's so easy to get tired and off balance as a Christian. So Paul says, stay awake. By putting on the breastplate of faith and love and the hope of salvation as a helmet. Breastplate of faith. Faith. 
Faith in Christ is the one thing that shields our heart and protects our life and guards our eternity. Christ is the light of the world, not a shred of darkness in him. He always stayed alert and watchful against temptation and sin throughout his life for you and me. Think of there in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus watching and praying in that hour of deep distress for him. While Peter, James, and John, drowsy, falling into temptation, just like you and I have too. Yet Jesus is our vigilance. Jesus is our alertness. And that is ours. This happened when we least expected it. It was more unexpected than a thief in the night. Because while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He went through torment far worse than labor pains. The torture of the weight of the sin of the world pressed down on him at the cross. There in darkness, he suffered and died for us. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. This faith in Christ and the love of Christ, this is our breastplate. This is impenetrable against any arrow of accusation or any acts of guilt that comes our way. And then the hope of salvation, that is not just a, well, I hope the Packers win their next game, whether they will or won't. This is a sure hope because Jesus said it is finished. He took away the sins of the world. He rose again, which means it is absolutely 100% certain that you will be saved from torture and terror, from death and condemnation. As we wear that breastplate of faith and love and the helmet of salvation, no club of doubt, no sword of despair can knock us off balance ever. That armor was fitted on you in your baptism, reinforced for you every time you received the Lord's Supper, and it's strengthened on you in every page of Scripture as the gospel comes to you. So wake up. Wake up with this armor of God, and you will be guarded for that day, whenever it comes. Also, together. Over the course of my life, I've made an awful lot of car trips between Michigan and Wisconsin and Minnesota. Six-hour trips, eight-hour trips, 13-hour trips. Maybe you've done a lot of driving in your life, too. And you understand how on every trip like that, you get sleepy. So you turn on the air conditioning and then blast the heat. Or maybe you pop some sunflower seeds, split those for a while, sip on some coffee. Or maybe you listen to your Bible CDs or crank up the music. But what helps keep you awake the best, at least what I've found, is talking with someone. Call my wife, call my parents, call my brother, call another pastor. But when you have a conversation together with someone, it's probably the best way to stay awake to be in it together with someone else. That's what Paul urged the Thessalonians and you and me too when he said, therefore encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing.
Paul was very distressed because after only being with the Thessalonian Christians for a few weeks, persecution broke out, the riot, unrest. Paul was forced to flee, but he longed to go back. He prayed earnestly day and night so that he could come back and be with the Thessalonians, encourage them, and build them up in their faith. He sent Timothy for a while. Timothy brought back a good report about their faith and love in Thessalonica. So Paul charged them, read this letter to all of the believers there and all of them around the whole area. And in the meantime, encourage each other and build each other up. God is not trying to trip anyone up or trap them. God appointed them for salvation. He procured that by Jesus' death and resurrection. He provided it for them and planned it for them, just as he has for you and me. So encourage each other. We're in this together. The main way that happens is through weekly worship, but that's not the only way. It happens in friendly conversations before and after. It happens in formal Bible classes. It happens in homes and in hospital rooms throughout the week. Encourage each other, build each other up. We are in this together to stay awake for the day of the Lord. That day of the Lord will be amazing. We'll be ready for it with a loud command, the trumpet call of God, the voice of the archangel. Jesus himself will come down from heaven. He'll bring with him all those who have fallen asleep in the Lord. When he sounds his voice, the dead who are in their graves, they will come out. And all who have worn that armor, the breastplate of faith and love, the helmet of the hope of salvation, will be caught up together with him in the clouds. Whether we were asleep in death or alive and awake here, whether we were physically asleep or physically awake, be with the Lord forever. Awake and ready for that day. Amen. Please stand. Now with the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is, seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, 
who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets, we believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We continue with prayer. Jesus, our heavenly bridegroom, keep us ever watchful for your return and wearing the armor of faith, hope, and love provided by you until that day when we will see you face to face and accompany you to the eternal celebration above. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. We praise you for the eternal life which you have won for us and which those who have fallen asleep in you now enjoy. Bring comfort to the Dittmar family and all who mourn the loss of loved ones here with the certain hope of rejoining them by your grace in our true home of heaven. Jesus Christ, you are the victorious one who crushed the devil's head and conquered sin and death. Through faith in you, eternal victory is ours. Because of you, we have peace with God. We praise and thank you for military veterans who have risked their lives and been a blessing to our country. Help us to honor them for their sacrifices and to thank them for their service. And we join to pray in our Savior's name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. congregation may be seated for the distribution. Please also make note of our practice of close communion here at St. Paul's. <laughs> <laughs> 